and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Andrew. We started this last week. We're going to do it again this week. Another super uh, super show. I almost uh, misspoke there for a second, but another super show here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. We will be recapping this past weekend's football action, Week 12 in college football, Week Number 11 in the National Football League as well, and a lot to unbreak from both sides of it. We now know a couple of conference championship games in terms of college football. Kind of now know where we set now in the top 10 in not only the AP poll, but in the college football playoff poll as it is as well. And for the NFL, we now kind of have a little bit more of an understanding as some of these teams are starting to you know get away from the pack and try to, to establish themselves as a Super Bowl contender. But we did have some big-time injuries happen this past weekend that really did hurt some teams' chances. But we'll get into the NFL a little bit a little bit later. Isn't this sport fun? Can't I mean, it was, it. Fun for, it was fun for about three weeks. In, bo- in both for Texas A&M and, uh, and the Patriots for me. But uh, nevertheless, yeah. it's been very electric going down to the wire. And uh, some of my preseason picks got burned this week. But that's just how it goes. But hey, to make it this far into the season, I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of that because they were long shots to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, two of my teams that I had in the Final Four for the college football playoff are already out. Uh, I took some chances, definitely backfired, but that's what we call the mushing hour. Sometimes I, sometimes we hit and get it right. Sometimes we look like absolute fools, and most of the time it's look, us looking like fools. But being that as is made, let's go into our recap. A little bit of a short recap for college football this week. Not many big-time action. We're mostly going to be doing the two games that really have big implications going into the week. And then we're going to go into our conference championship outlook going into the top five, top power five, I should say, for these conference championship games and how they impact not only their respective conferences, but impacting the college football playoff as well. So first game we need to talk about is the big matchup in the SEC between number one Georgia and number 18 Tennessee. In a game in which Tennessee scoring on the first play of the game, a 75-yard rushing touchdown to put them up 7-0. But once they got that touchdown, that was pretty much it for Tennessee. They would only score three points in the remainder of this game, that coming on a late field goal at the end of the first half. And Georgia just puts up a, another statement win on the season, winning this one by a final of 38-10. to They now go to 11-0 on the season. Volunteers now dropping to 7-4. And we've been saying it for a lot now, Johnson, these last couple of weeks. Georgia just ca- just continues to get Throw. better and better each week. And they have a really good chance to repeat once again as national champions. The only time Georgia hasn't covered uh, in these last couple of weeks is going back to that Mizzou game where they were a 15.5 point favorites. And I think yeah. they've come, I think they had 12 they won by points. They won by nine points in that game. Yeah, so they still won by – it was still a two-score – game for them but just they couldn't cover by three scores right george has been unstoppable and there's been a trend though this trend is that georgia lets the opposing team whether it be florida tennessee or anyone else score first and then they put them in a clinic for the rest of the game that's been the trend yeah i'll let florida can score first tennessee can score first your offense is gonna do anything for the rest of the rest of the game and it seems like if georgia could even play because they're not playing a full 60 minutes. They're playing like 58 and a half minutes. If I guess to get that extra minute and a half, this team would be unstoppable. They they would hold these teams to three points, four points, you know, I shouldn't even say four points. That and I would say they have to get a safety, but you know what I mean? They'd be holding the field goals, maybe one or two a game, nothing really crazy. And I don't know. It's just that I don't think any teams can be able to beat Georgia at this point. They just look unstoppable. Carson Beck look, looks like a machine. Brock, uh, Brock looks Buck really Bowers. good. Yeah. yeah, it's just um, championship or bust for them, and it seems like it's going to be a championship. Well, keep in mind, they still have that big SEC championship matchup with Alabama. They both have their respective rivalry games this week. Georgia taking on their rivals, Georgia Tech. Alabama will take on Auburn. And overall, for those two teams, it's going to come down to whoever wins this wins that game will automatically be in the college football playoff, in my opinion. I think just – going off of basic instincts. If Bama was to beat Georgia, I think you have to put them in there just considering how Georgia has been these last couple of months. And if Georgia gets in, obviously the, the number one team in the country, they're automatically in with the win. So there's still a lot to play for for this Georgia team. They still have one big game left on the season. Don't want to look overlook their last game with Georgia Tech because they have been a sneaky team this season in the ACC. But 
It does look like the Bulldogs are on the way to potentially playing for another national championship this season. We'll have to see how they do in that SEC championship matchup with uh, Alabama. But we almost had a big shakeup in another big Power 5 conference, and that was in the Pac-12 as Washington went on the road in a big-time primetime matchup with number 11 Oregon State. And give Oregon State their credit. They put up a battle and kept this game pretty close. But unfortunately for them, they had just couldn't get back into this game late in the second half, and it cost them. The difference in this game, unfortunately for them, Johnson, was a safety in the first quarter. Otherwise, this game would have went to overtime, tied to 20-20. to But Washington hangs on for a 22-20 to win. They stay undefeated in the season. Any, any, you know, any hope for Oregon State to make the Pac-12 championship game, is and gone. now, yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate for the Beavers because they really put up a good fight, uh, fight in this matchup with the Huskies. But for Washington, now they have one game left in the season, that being at home against Washington State, and then they go to the Pac-12 championship game against the Oregon Ducks in a rematch of their classic from just a couple weeks back. So, right now, overall, these two teams are on a collision course for that Pac-12 championship game, but not only for the Pac-12 championship, but for a spot in the college football playoff. Yeah, it's a shame for Oregon State. I really thought that they were going to be the team that could uh, maybe, just maybe, bring some class to the uh, the Pac-12. I know of all these teams jumping ship, I was hoping that they could be the the light at the end of the tunnel for the true Pac-12 fans, but we almost had it, but maybe next year. Well, they still have a chance to play spoiler. They are playing Oregon State this upcoming week, and I'm not sure what the tiebreaker would be between Oregon and Arizona for that second spot in the Pac-12 championship game, but that could create a scenario where there is going to have to be a tiebreaker between those two teams. And not only that, but it also would eliminate their arch rival, the Ducks, from getting into the college football playoff at any hope. It would be really, I don't want to say poetic justice, but it would be fantastic to see that happen. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm not biased at all. Yeah, I'm sure you would like to see that from a non-biased point, as you already elaborated. But... We've already been talking about some of these conference championship games and what these the outlook now is for some of these Power 5 schools. I think that's now a perfect time for us to now dive into what we're looking at going into this upcoming Week 13. There's a huge couple of games this week that will also impact some of the standings in the uh, conference outlook. So let's go into some of our Power 5 conference championship outlooks. So as we saw this past weekend, Louisville beat uh, Miami on the road, a huge road win for the Cardinals. They officially clinched their spot into the ACC championship game and a big matchup now with undefeated Florida State, who did in, did lose Jordan Travis to a season-ending injury, a brutal injury, as if you had saw the injury, did not look good or clean at all. So Travis is done. He also announced that that is his last game as a Seminole. So that's the last time you see Jordan Travis as the starting quarterback for this Florida, Seminoles team, uh, Florida State Seminoles team. So really unfortunate to see that. Now they have to go around and go into this matchup with Louisville. But keep in mind, Johnson, they have a tough game this upcoming Saturday at Florida. To go into the swamp now with a backup quarterback, Florida State's chances of making the college football playoff are starting to get a little bit uh, dimmer, if I had to say. Because not only do you have to go into the swamp and play Florida, even if you win that game, then you have to turn around and play a Louisville team that has been shown to have some good defense on the season. And that would be for the ACC championship game and potentially for both teams a spot in the college football playoff. So it's crazy. And I love that you mentioned that because Louisville still has that outside chance to make the college football playoffs. Cause I think if it's, it's a real possibility that a lot would have to happen. Okay. Listen, it's, this is a realistic scenario. Oregon state could beat Oregon and then Oregon could win. Right. The 12. Would you put them in over Louisville? So I think, so I think let's also dive into what happened in the playoff poll last week. So you look at the poll right now. The top four stayed the same. was Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Florida State. Then after that, it's Washington and Oregon. We've already spoke about it. Those two teams look to be on course to play each other once again, not only for the Pac-12 championship game, but for a playoff berth. Ohio State and Michigan are playing this week. Obviously, that's not only for a spot in the Big Ten championship game, but that's for a spot in the college football playoff as well. Texas still has to play the Big 12 championship game. And then Alabama and Georgia are playing each other the SEC title game. So Louisville, I think for them, they have to obviously be Florida State. But then again, Florida State, if they lose to Florida, that could be all uh, that could be a wash. Because in Louisville, all they have to do is be Florida State. And they could potentially be playing for the championship because they'll move up in the standings no matter what. I would have to think with the playoff poll coming out tomorrow night, because we are recording as of today, Monday, 
November 20th. I would have to think Louisville is going to probably jump to number nine in the poll. I think they jumped Missouri because of the win they had on the road this week. And then you put it in the spot where it's going to be number nine Louisville. They'll play a tough game this week, too, with Kentucky. I think that's something to look out for, too. I think Kentucky will give Louisville a tough time this upcoming weekend. And if they're able to handle their business that game and then take on a Florida State team that either is coming off a big win on at the Swamp against the Gators or is coming off a loss and still will be ranked but will not have a chance to make the college football playoff, that still gives Louisville an opportunity. But they're still going to need teams like Alabama to lose. They probably will need Texas to lose the Big 12 championship game. And I think that would probably be the only scenario, I think, in which they can make the college football playoff. Yeah, so you kind of said a lot there, and let's try to unpack it a little bit. Right. Um, like you said, you would put Alabama in if they do beat Georgia. I think you have um, to. It's it's so tough. I know, because Georgia's just been so dominant, but even though... Uh, they both might is, get in. If they if Bama beats I Georgia, I think they both might get in. That might, and that could really screw a team like Louisville. So here's the question. Do you think there's a scenario where you see two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams in the, in the college football no. playoffs? I think no matter I think no matter what happens this week between Ohio State and Michigan, the, it's an elimination game. Do you think was, it's an elimination game no matter what? I think the only way you see that is if Florida State, the ACC championship. So I, I would say this. If Florida State loses this week and then let's say they beat Louisville, then that I think automatically eliminates the ACC. Uh, I think you're going to see a Pac-12 team in there no matter what unless Oregon loses this week to Oregon State. Um and then Texas would have to lose the Big 12 championship game. And that's another division a conference that we have to talk about because we don't even know who Texas will be playing right now for that championship game. Now they locked now I believe they've already locked up a spot in the in the uh, Big 12 championship game. Even if they were to lose this week to Texas Tech, which would automatically eliminate them from any college football playoff hope, they still would have to turn around and either play one of three teams, either Oklahoma in a rematch with their only loss in the season. Kansas State or Oklahoma State. Now, I believe right now Oklahoma State has the tiebreaker because of them being Oklahoma. Um, I don't remember. You're correct on that. I, so I think right now the the Cowboys have the edge. They've also beaten Kansas State. So pretty much for Oklahoma State, it's simple. If you beat BYU this week, you will be playing Texas for the Big Twelve Championship game. If you lose, then you create a scenario in which Oklahoma. Or Kansas State gets in. Now, those two teams haven't played each other, so I'm not sure what their tiebreaker is. I think Oklahoma has the tiebreaker over the two right now. So, for Kansas State to get the Big 12 championship game, they need to beat Iowa State this week, and they need Oklahoma State and Oklahoma to lose. If Oklahoma State wins, they're in automatically. And if Oklahoma gets in, they have to win, and they need Oklahoma State to lose. So, there's a lot to unpack, obviously, when it comes to that. I think, at the end of the day, Texas doesn't really care at this point maybe who they play. I think either way, they know that they're going to be moving up because one of Michigan and Ohio State's going to lose. I think the point of that game is going to be, Johnson, if it's like a blowout like we saw last year with those two those two teams between Ohio State and Michigan, then it's going to come down to where does the, the committee rank that team? Do they drop them all the way out of consideration? Do they keep them within reach at five and six? Because then you then that scenario that you talked about with two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams could still be in play. Right now, so there's just so much um, there's so many different possibilities right now. The scenarios are still out of like, and there's so many scenarios when it comes down to the playoff. I think the so. Only... Here's even a great. Here's even a better one though. Yeah. What if Auburn wins the Iron Bowl, then Alabama beats Georgia? <laughs> I'm gonna love that's with a you. great that's a great one, isn't it? I mean, I'm gonna love with you if Auburn did not just lose to New Mexico State by 21 oh, yeah. points. Uh, uh, listen, I, you, I, you know that 96 percent of public money was on Auburn that game. Yeah, did you know that New Mexico State got paid 1.85 million dollars to, to play, play that game? Yeah, and they beat them. By what a win for that touchdowns. program! They were 25 and a half point underdogs. Mm-hmm. I hear that's you. Why, listen. That's why, listen, I would love that scenario because they would be, you know me, we've talked about it a lot. We love chaos, but I just don't think Auburn has a chance in hell of being Alabama. Bama's playing their best football of the season right now. I mean, they are playing their best football, but I think it's a fun, kooky scenario, though. It certainly would help a team like Louisville, That that's for sure. And then if they beat Georgia, then that just creates utter chaos because then what do you do with Georgia? Do you just take them out of the entire thing because they lost to Alabama, who has two losses on the year? Maybe. Like, listen, I'm not... listen, they're the defending two-time champions. 
They had an undefeated regular season. They just lost the one game to Alabama. Maybe we just put them in as number four, and that's it. I mean, it's so cool to think about, though. When you like, listen, it's it's there is a point zero one percent chance of that happening, but the very fact that that scenario is on the table makes it so much better. I would love to see that happen. I have nothing against Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. But I would you, just, love you just, to see you just want the chaos to happen. Oh yeah, listen, I want Tulane to make it. I want Liberty to make it. Listen, I, I'm gonna year. start. I'm gonna Next start year. sitting here making the argument for Liberty to make the college football playoffs. If all these teams in the top, there's a possibility that all these teams in the top ten, eight out of ten of them lose in the next couple weeks. And then you have Louisville lose as well. You have all the teams in the outside lose as well. Why not Liberty at that I point? I think I think the best thing for these these for us college football fans is all these teams that are in the possibility of playing for the college football playoff are going to be playing each other before we even get to that point. Georgia and Bama have to play each other. Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other. Florida State and Louisville have to play each other. Washington and Oregon most likely will have to play each other once again. I think that's the beauty of how this sport is because. We've seen some of these matchups taking place already this season. We haven't seen some of the other matchups, and they're going to decide who gets these final four spots. So there's overall, we might see some uncertainty right now, but we're getting closer to the point where these teams are going to finally make that you know that case that we just beat this team that it was in the thick of it was right there for the, ch- the taking for a football uh, college football playoff spot, and we just beat them, so we automatically should be in the college football Listen, playoff in the next. Over the next two weeks, it's possible that Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State all lose a game. Very possible. It's it is possible. I don't know. It's unlikely, but it's very know. possible. Listen, that exact scenario, 0.01% chance at best. But it's on the table. And that's what I love I about just, it. I mean, just to think about it, we're 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 going into week 13. Week 14 is conference championship week. And we're right there at the point where we're getting that much closer to finding out the final four teams. And even next season, we've, we've spoke about it so many times on the show, but next season is going to be even better when they add, I, what was it, 12 teams, right? They're going to have for next it's season. It's going to be the, 12 teams. That's correct. So to think about that scenario now, you're going to have, you're going to have teams in next season where you might lose two games on the year and you're still right in the picture to make the college football playoff. Some people might hate that idea. Me personally, I think that's great because you're just giving these teams to say, because most of the time in college football, if you lose one game, that's it. Season's over. You don't have a yep. chance to make the college football playoff. Now you have a scenario where two te- where teams with two losses, yes, maybe they don't deserve a spot. But then again, there's those teams like you talked about with Tulane and Liberty. How about the emergence of James Madison this season? I know they just lost their first game, but they could be a potential threat to make a sneaky uh, I want to live in the playoffs. world where the AAC, the Conference USA, and the Sun Belt all have teams in the college football playoffs. I want to see a game where Notre Dame finally gets in as a five seed and then they get rolled over by like UTSA. I want to live in that world. Well, we do have a big game upcoming between uh, UTSA and Tulane that we'll talk about just in a little bit for the mushing hour. But you look at all these conference championships and you look at the outlook and overall what was going down into the pretty much the final week of the regular season for college football. What are you looking forward to the most going into this week? What's the big matchup? I know the Ohio State and Michigan game is obviously the biggest matchup of the week, but is there something else that you're looking forward to coming up this weekend that will determine who gets into the college football playoff and who gets into their respective championship games? I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say the Iron Bowl. I'm looking forward to that because I think it is – listen – I think it's a real possibility that Auburn upsets Alabama. I'm still You're really pick, on that train. I'm really on that train, but I'm still. I still think Alabama's going to win that game. I still think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. But for some reason, it's like an AFC North game in the NFL. That game is always cl- close for no reason. It was reason. close last year, and Auburn did have, didn't have a good season last year. Yeah, Auburn was awful last year. I think Alabama was, was down ten nothing early on. Yeah, like listen, that game it's it's a rivalry game and it's one of the oldest in college football. It's always going to be close for no matter what. Over the last couple of years, we could talk about the uh the last couple of games. Like you said, they were down by 10 early on. Listen, Alabama was on a roll last year. It was 34-18, 25-18 the year before that, 34-16. Um always these close games over the last couple of years and Auburn's been awful. This is yeah. number one, number two, Alabama, best team in the country by mile over the last couple of years. They've been okay. 
Yeah. They, they've been okay. They won an overtime two years ago, if you remember that. Yeah. Number three, Alabama, in overtime. That, that I, I'm not mistaken. That was the reason why Alabama did not make the college football playoff that year. Yeah. And it wasn't just regular overtime. It was four overtimes. Mm. So I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's going to be a close game. And that's going to be something to look out for. That's that, that to me is going to be one of the games of the week. Obviously the game is always, is going to be the game of the week, but this is a game to look out for. That's what I'm excited for. But how about yourself? What game are you looking for? for maybe shake up the college football playoffs. I think it's that Florida state and Florida game. I know Florida has had a very shaky season, but now you're facing backup quarterback for Florida State. You're going on the road into the swamp. And Florida State, they cannot afford to lose the game because if they win this game, then all they have to do is be Louisville and they're in the college football playoff. But if they lose this game, even if they beat Louisville, they're not going to make the college football playoff. I think they're on big-time upset alert this week. I think there's a really good chance Florida can pull off the win this weekend and just shake up everything. Because then that helps teams like Louisville. That helps a team like Oregon and Texas and Alabama. They can move up in the, in the polls, and then all they have to do is hope for one or two other teams to lose, and they're right into the college football playoff. And I think Isn't that beautiful? Other, exactly. And I think the only other game other than that would be the Oregon State and Oregon game. Because I think Oregon State will give Oregon a run for their money. They will not make it easy for the Ducks to try to win that game. Listen, I think they could win that game outright, and that could be that could be real chaos happening after so that. You've spoiled, so you spoiled your pick potentially for the mushing hour? Uh maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to say it yet, but we'll get on that in a little bit. We're going to go into it right now. Actually, we'll go into this upcoming weekend, week 13 in college football, the mushing hour. And as Johnson has explained most of the time this season, I'll let him explain one more time as this is the final regular season mushing hour for college football, and there's a lot at stake going into this week. What a shame. We've had a really good run so far. Uh, I'm 46-44-2 as the season ends. Nick is a whopping 57-44-1. So Picked up I some barely, steam at the end of the year. I barely had a positive record, but man, Nick really killed it. 13 games over 500. Where else you can get picks like that? Uh, for anyone who has any idea about sports betting, uh, if you can have... If you could go 52-53% in a single year picking 50-50 games or better, because that's what we do, we, we the worst odds we will give are minus 110, and we'll give a lot of heavy underdogs too. If you can get 52-53%, you're, that's a profitable year. Yeah. Professional handicappers are around 60%. Nick is almost at 57% in correct picks this year. So pre- oh. pre- people that get paid for their picks pick around 60%, and that is far and few between. And I, Nick picked 57% this year in regular season college football, so that is that is an outstanding achievement. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I didn't pay him to say that, folks. No, yeah, well, no. listen, listen. The picks are fun for us, and, and yeah. if you if you followed our picks the entire year, it would have made you a lot of money. It would have made you, yeah, whatever, you put, whatever you would have put in, you would have been 13 units over this year. 13 units is nothing to sneeze at. And both of us had a pretty good week last week. The only mishap for us was that we both picked UNC plus six and a half, and they did lose by 11 to Clemson. And then you took Oregon State in that matchup with Washington, unfortunately. They, they almost had it. If they, Yeah, they almost did have it. They, they Safety was the reason they lost that game, and that was the difference of the game. So being as is made, now we go into this final regular season matchup for the mushing hour. Next week, we will have conference championship week. We will break down each conference championship game and make our picks for those respective games. But we have some implications for those conference championship weeks that could be shaken up this week. And I know John's going to love this first game that we're going to be talking about. A matchup in the American Athletic Conference that will decide who will most likely play SMU. I believe SMU has already clinched their spot. Actually, no, they have not clinched it yet. SMU is playing Navy this upcoming weekend. They win. They're in. And then they will play the winner of this next game between the University of Texas San Antonio and number 18 Tulane. Tulane's ranking is, remember, from the AP Top 25. The college football playoff poll comes out tomorrow. A, they were number 18. in the. I think they were number 24 in the playoff poll. So they weren't high as ranked as they were in the AP. But being that as is May, as I mentioned, the winner is going to get into the American Championship game. The loser most likely will not play in the American Championship game, and we'll have to find out where their bowl future is. So what do you have for this exciting matchup this week, Johnson? Well, this is the week of rivals, so this is going to be exciting. We have UTSA 
at number 18, Tulane. Tulane at home, minus three-point favorites, over under slate at 52.5. I can't pick against these two teams, but I can pick the over. And this is going sure. to be not a slugfest. This is going to be a race to the finish. Uh, first to 35 is going to win this game. Give me the over this game. Okay, I don't hate that at all. I think the American Conference, you see a lot of points in, the, in that conference. To avoid a mush for yourself, I'm going to take Tulane minus three. I love what Tulane has done these last couple of years. You saw what they did last bowl season when they beat USC and Caleb Williams. I think they get it done this week. They end the regular season undefeated in conference play. They go to the American Championship game and most likely will take on the SMU Mustangs for that championship. I think they win the championship outright. We'll talk about that game next week depending on who the two teams are. But I do love Tulane and the Green Wave to pick up the win this week. All righty, then. That brings us to the next game. We have the in-state rivalry game, which has meant nothing over recent seasons, but it's looking to be a, an, ex- an exciting one, one this week. week. Yeah, an exciting one this year, at least. We have number 15, Oregon State, going on the road to number 6, Oregon. Oregon at home, 13.5-point favorite. 16.5 is the slated over-under. Uh, this is very disrespectful to Oregon State. They just took it to the house almost against Washington. They've played good, great defense and great offense all year. Give me Oregon State plus 13.5. That is beyond disrespectful. I'm not going to even elaborate on that more. I have a bad feeling we're going to have the first mush of the day, Johnson, because I also agree that this is a very disrespectful line to an Oregon State team that you just mentioned kept it wire wire with Washington and realistically had a good chance to win it late in that fourth quarter. Oregon, is it's simple for them. They win this game, they're in the Pac-12 championship game, and they get a rematch with Washington to go to the college football playoff. They can't afford to lose. I think they get it done at the end of the day but I don't think they won by two touchdowns. I think Oregon State loses by a touchdown on this one. So give me the Beavers plus 13 and a half. Took the words right out of my mouth. Okay, let's go into in-state, to the state of Kentucky. We have unranked Kentucky Wildcats, Uni- University of Kentucky, on the road at number nine, Louisville, trying to stay alive for that college football playoff push. Uh, Louisville at home, minus seven point favorites, 15 and a half. Is the slate over under? Uh, you know what's weird about this? What when you would think? you ever think in uh in the last twenty years compared to uh the the Louisville basketball you and football think? program yeah. that the football program would be ranked number nine and not the basketball program? They're kind of giving me TCU vibes from last season, not to that extent, but in the case of they started the year on rank, no one was really talking about them, and now we're talking about them being in the college football playoff. With a win this week and then a win against Florida State in the conference champ and the ACC title game. Yeah, it's wild, and it's like uh, you'd think Rick Pitino is, is still there, going back to the heyday, but he's over at St. John's now. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, uh, give me Kentucky plus seven here. Louisville's okay. kind of scared me a couple times, and if they fall behind early against Kentucky, they might struggle to catch up. I'm not saying they're going to lose this game, but give me Kentucky plus seven. Okay, they can't play like they did last week. Yeah, Kentucky is coming off a two-game loser streak right now. They lost to South Carolina, and then they got throttled by Alabama their last two games. And they could play big-time spoiler. A win against Louisville immediately knocks them out of the college football playoff race. I just think, based off of momentum right now, I think you have you can't pick against Louisville right now. I'm going to go with Louisville pl- uh, minus seven in this one. Uh, I could see them winning by seven just to make this a push. Cover. Okay. So I think they cover. Um I'm very concerned that it probably will end in a push. I wouldn't be opposed if it's a push, but I just think based off of how the teams are going right now, Kentucky's on a little bit of a downslide with the two-game loser streak. Louisville's won four in a row. They're playing for an ACC championship game and a potential berth in the college football playoff. They cannot let this one slide. They got to win this one, and I think they have to make a statement doing it. So I'll give the Cardinals minus seven in this one. Okay, the next game we have is the Iron Bowl. We've spoken about this a lot. Number eight, Alabama on the road going into Auburn. Uh, Alabama, even though they're on the road, is a minus 15-point favorite. 48 and a half is the slated over-under. I've said my piece for this game. Give me Auburn plus 15. And I'm going to say my piece by going Alabama minus 15. I think it's another game in which momentum is going on. Auburn just lost in a very embarrassing fashion to New Mexico State. Alabama, if not for their SEC counterpart, Georgia, you could make the case that they are the highest team right now in all of college football. They're just hitting on all cylinders, especially on the offensive side, considering how they were offensively to start the season. This is a dangerous team. And I think for a Georgia team right now that's also playing really good football, 
I think that SEC Championship game is going to be a fun one to watch. And I think Alabama makes a statement going into the SEC Championship game with a very convincing win over their rivals, Auburn. So give me the Crimson Tide minus 15. Alrighty, fan. No mushes besides the Oregon State game so far. The next game we have is University of Washington uh, at home. And on the on the road is Washington State. University of Washington, number four in the country. And the over under is 16 and a half. And the line is Washington minus 16 and a half. Give me Washington minus 16 and a half. I was a believer in Washington State for about five minutes, but uh, they had their scare against Oregon State last week on the road. They're at home. Uh, again, this is the Apple Cup. For those yeah, who don't know, the Apple this, this is the Apple Cup, and maybe for the last Apple Cup forever with new uh, could be. new conference realignments. We don't know what's going to happen. So in the last game, potentially, of the modern-day Apple Cup, give me Washington minus 16 and a half. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Johnson. They were, the teams that went to the ACC are Cal and Stanford, correct? That is correct. I think So this Washington is a- State right now is an independent, potentially. Potentially, I think them and Oregon, Oregon State currently have the rights to the Pac-12, though. So unless they add teams to the Pac-12, then those two teams might be independent teams next year, which uh, yes, could keep correct. the Apple Cup keep going if they're independent because then they could just schedule whoever they want yep. for their schedule. So that there's still a possibility, but there's still a lot to be uncertain with the entire conference. And listen, we spoke about it a lot this season. This conference is going out with a bang because they're going to have a team in the college football playoff, most likely between Oregon and Washington. I think Washington conference has been probably 15 years. I think you're, I think you hit it right on the, on the head. I think it's the strongest they've been in a while since Washington made it to the college football playoff a couple of years ago. But even then the conference wasn't as dominant as it's been this season. We've seen Washington look great. Oregon's look good. We've seen the emergence of Arizona these last couple of weeks. They've looked like a really good team. And despite even USC being a, you know, having not having the season that they expected, they have looked good at times and points in the year. Oregon State has looked has looked good all year. UCLA, Utah. There's a lot of teams in this conference that have played some good football. Even the team that Washington's playing this week, Washington State had a strong start to the year. Remember, they beat Oregon State. They looked like maybe they were going to be a threat in the Pac-12, and then it all unraveled for them. They lost five straight games. That really ended their season. They picked up a win last week against Colorado State. I think despite that, I think Washington is just playing for too much right now. They need to make a statement going in to that Pac-12 championship game. I think they get it done. We're going to have our second mush, both coming into the Pac-12 this week, Johnson. I have Washington minus 16 and a half. I just want to point out, though, that Washington State has won less than 30% of the uh, of the Apple Cup games. They, the all-time record is 75 to 33 and, uh, and 6. So uh, that has they, been great for them. They could pull off the biggest upset maybe in the entire year if they were able to pull off the win. Because not only would they be bowl eligible, they would knock their rivals out of the college football playoff. And man, this and getting backstabbed out of the Pac-12 or the, uh, the new major conference realignment to specify more, that yep. would be something. But anyways, let's go to the next game. We have Florida State technically on the road, still in the state of Florida. Again, this is rivalry week. But Florida State, number five in the country, on the road to number five, Florida, going to the swamp, Florida State. Uh, six and a half point favorites and 50 and a half is the over under. Give me Florida plus six and a half here. Florida State has really played down the competition, and I don't know if Florida is good or bad, so it's going to be an interesting one. Now, keep in mind for this game, these two teams are both going to have backup quarterbacks, Johnson. I yes. spoke about Jordan Travis. He's already out for the season, but Graham Mertz, the former Wisconsin quarterback for Florida, is also now out for the season. He got injured in their last game against Missouri, a heartbreaking Two-point loss to the Tigers on a last-second field goal. So you have two backups in this game. I can see this being a low-scoring game. I'm going to go with the under in this one. I think I, like it. I think Florida is going to be very, very tricky. Keep in mind, they're 5-6. and six. If they lose this game, they're not bowl eligible. If they win, I guess you, you salvage your year with bowl eligibility, but it's been a rough year for the Gators. Oh, um, yeah, I can totally see them winning. There's a possibility they might fire their coach and look to new management. Myself as a Syracuse fan, we have fired Dino Babers, thankfully. So we're now looking for a new Coach Johnson. So I might be on the upper round, but most likely not. But I'm getting sidetracked. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I could see Florida State losing this one. I'm just not confident right now with the Gators also having their backup quarterback in. So it's a game to look out for. I think it's a low-scoring one. I'm going to take the under in this one. All righty, Van. Let's talk about the uh, one of the last two games. 
Iowa State at Kansas State. So we have Iowa State on the road uh, going into Manhattan, Kansas, taking on number 19, Kansas State. Kansas State at home, 9.5 point favorites. 48.5 is the slated over-under. Give me Iowa State plus 9.5. They didn't look that great against Kansas. Iowa State's a tricky team. Uh, they could still technically, can they still make the Big 12 championship they game? They cannot. The, well, they're playing, for, they're playing they're spoiler, playing spoiler, I guess. Because remember, the Big 12 scenario, I'll go over one more time quickly. The scenario for this week for the Big 12 is this. If Oklahoma State wins their game against BYU, they're automatically in. They'll play Texas. If Oklahoma beats, I believe I said Houston they're playing this week. I'm sorry, they're playing TCU. My, my, my apologies. If Oklahoma oh, beats TCU and Oklahoma State loses to BYU. Then Oklahoma plays in the Big 12. But if Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both lose and Kansas State wins Johnson, then the Wildcats play for the Big 12 championship game. And that would be their second straight trip to the Big 12 title game, considering that they were there last season and could make the case that they should have won that game. Uh, I, will say, I will say this. They gave Texas a little bit of a problem last week. The long ones only beat, beat them by 10. I think you're going to see another close game in this one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take another. I'm going to take another under, and I'm going to do it in a Big 12 game. I'm going to have the under That's between Kansas State and Iowa State. I think if there's one team in the Big 12 that has proven to play some defense this year, it has been the Iowa State Cyclones. So I'm going to take the under in this one. And then finally, we have the game. The game. We have number two Ohio State at number three Michigan without their coach Jim Harbaugh. Michigan at home, minus three and a half point favorites, 47 and a half is the slated over under. I just want to point out since uh, Jim Harbaugh has been suspended, they have been running 78.7% of the time. They have. Something just to take a look at for this game. And with that being said, I don't think that's going to work against Ohio State. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but give me Ohio State plus the points. Give me Ohio State plus three and a half. So you think Ohio State wins the game? I didn't say that. I said you just think I Ohio State will win. Cover. I think they'll cover. And okay. if, if there's a, I think there's a strong possibility they might win. Let's say 40 percent. I'd be a fool not to take the points when they when you're gonna give it to me. Okay. I think based off the storylines we've had this season, there's been a lot of stuff going on with these two teams. Obviously, the controversy with Michigan right now is beyond belief. They fired multiple coaches and boosters, and they've had all this stuff going on. And I think running the football, you mentioned it. They've been doing that a lot since Harbaugh's gone. But remember how they beat Ohio State last season, Johnson? They ran the football very well in that game. Ohio State did not have an answer. And that's why Ohio State had to beef up their defense in the offseason to do to make sure that they were prepared for this one. Now they want revenge. They lost to them at home last week, uh, last season in Columbus. You now go to the big house in Ann Arbor trying to punch your ticket to not only the Big Ten Championship game, but the college football playoff. I think for me, it comes down to quarterback play. And I think I love what J.J. McCarthy has done this season for the Wolverines. I have Michigan winning this game. I'm going to take Michigan minus three and a half. All right. So, listen, we're not disagreeing that they're not going to win. But um, I'm just going to take the points because I think it would be a close game. It's a game. safer pick. Michigan could potentially win by three and that could screw me. But I think Michigan, at the end of the day, does win the game. I think on paper... They have a better offense compared to Ohio State, even with Marvin Harrison on the Ohio State roster. I just think it comes down to quarterback play, and I would rather have J.G. McCarthy right now over Kyle McCord. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, so with that being said, Nick, before we go into the uh, the NFL portion of this, uh, anything else to say on the college football portion? All I'm going to say is buckle in, because this is uh, going to be a bumpy ride going into Week 13, and then we have Conference Championship Week. And as I mentioned, we'll break down each conference championship game. And then we'll talk about the college football playoff next week. Hopefully, what we record, we'll have the college football playoff polls uh, on our, you know, at our hands. And we'll be able to break down what is going to go on into college week 14 and then break down the scenarios on who can make the college football playoff going into bowl season. But it's sure gonna be it's sure, it's sure gonna be a fun ride this week. You, you always love rivalry week, especially in college, and it's gonna come. It's gonna break down a lot of stuff for us going in to the final couple weeks of this college football season. But I think it's time now to go into the NFL portion of our show this week, and we had a big couple storylines this week, uh, Johnson, in the NFL. A uh, couple major injuries went down. It really impacts now some teams going in to their Super Bowl chase, and now realistically end some Super Bowl chases for a couple teams. And one being a team that 
I personally picked to go to the Super Bowl this year, that being the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals were in, were in Baltimore this week to take on the Ravens on Thursday night in a game in which we saw not only Mark Andrews get injured for the, for the Ravens, he's most likely done for the rest of the season, but Joe Burrow gets injured late in the first half. He threw a touchdown pass before he got taken out of the game, and that was the last play we saw from Joe Burrow because he did not return the game. He is now out for the rest of the regular season with a wrist injury, and the game itself really came down to the, the Bengals had really no other opportunities after Burrow went down. Ravens took advantage and were able to win this one by a final of 34-20. They go to 8-3 now in the year. Bengals dropped to 5-5, five and five, and it looks like, for all intent purposes, their chances of not only making Super Bowl, but even making the playoffs as a whole, looks like to be all but done from here. It's really a shame, and I think the one question a lot of people are asking is, why wasn't he on the injury report going into this week? I did see that rumor, too. Um, the rumor was that he was hurt going into it, but the Bengals also said that he got injured on the play, which Davion Clowney hit him the play before he threw that final touchdown pass. So uh, Seems like a good cover-up. Do eh, I believe it? Probably be. not, but eh, who am I to judge? I mean, listen, if he wanted to play, he's an adult. That's At the end of the day, he made his own choice, so... Uh, if it is going to be something going seriously at the end of his career, then yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been a moron and, and denied that. I'm not saying it is true, but if that is the case, then uh, so be it. Yeah, I'm. it sucks because this is a game that we had marked, and it's going to be one of the better Thursday night games we had in a, in a while. And unfortunately, the game was just marred by the injuries that happened in this one in this one. Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the game, gets injured early on. Now he's out for the rest of the year. And then Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football, he gets hurt. He's now out for the rest of the year. And now both teams now go into week number 12. And now it's the Ravens now looking for another option for Lamar Jackson to try to get them into the playoffs and win the division. And for the Bengals, it's now trying to salvage the season, potentially make the playoffs with Jake Browning at quarterback. But I'm not sure, so sure they can do it because the AFC wildcard race is pretty much stacked right now. It's going to be something to see going forward. Um, like you said, I think they might be done with that wildcard race. And I think even teams like the Steelers, which are going to, may be done. But um, it's going to be interesting going towards the end of the season. But uh, I, I don't see a way they even make the playoffs at this point, especially if that Joe Burrow. I think it's, yeah, I mean, if they could get Browning to play some good football the next couple of weeks, that's great for them. But I just, I haven't seen anything to be proven that he's going to be able to get them into the postseason. But they weren't the only AFC North team to have a big-time injury at the quarterback position. How about the Cleveland Browns? Deshaun Watson is out, out for the rest of the regular season with an injury. So the Browns went into this game with the Steelers with backup quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie out of UCLA. Got it, getting his second career start, going up against a very vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers lineup uh, defense. And to Dorian Thompson-Robinson's credit, he got the Browns down the field for a late game-winning field goal, and they pull off a monster 13-10 win over the Steelers. They now go to 7-3 on the season, now in second place in the AFC North, just a half game behind the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers drop to 6-4. They still hold the wild card spot. As the season as if the season would end today, they'd be in the playoffs. So I'm curious to see now what happens for these two teams going forward. So I know we kind of joke around a lot in this show, but this is going to be a very serious question. So now I'm not I'm saying this in a very serious way. Why hasn't Matt Canada been fired? And you can answer this any way you want. Because the Steelers do not fire their head coaches. They don't they don't fire any coaches. That's the truth. They just let the contracts expire. If you look at the previous Steelers coaches getting quote unquote fired. They'll always say, oh, we didn't fire them. They, the contract expired, so that's why we're moving in this n- new direction. It is a classy way to run an organization. It's it's proven to work over the last 15, 20 years as they haven't had a losing season in that in that time period. Um, and they're on pace to keep it going this year. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, it, it, it is a winning formula, but is it Super Bowl winning formula? Maybe a little bit. Well, but... I think the biggest concern for the Steelers is uh, Kenny Pickett just – Seems to not be getting any better or getting any worse. It just seems to be the same level of quarterback play from him. They had a great game from Jalen Warren, who ran over 129 yards. But the Steelers, this is a game that could have been salvaged. They could have picked up a win against a backup rookie quarterback. And instead, they 
that dropped the six and four are now trying to scrap their way into the AFC playoff hunt. Hey, it's that patented Mac Canada offense, but let's not kind of drag on this and uh, talk about the bad things in life. Uh, let's talk about good, better things like you know the Jets losing. <laughs> for your for your sake, yeah. There's a lot to uh, talk about this game, Johnson, and it's not really about the game itself. It's more of what the Jets are doing now with the quarterback play. It's more about the implications going forward. So the Jets, we know now, have lost three in a row with this previous loss. The Bills get a much needed win after the the past couple of games in which they've blown some leads. They played some bad offensive games. This looks like the Bills team that we expect to go into the season when it comes to offensive play. Uh, Josh Allen looks good. He had three touchdown passes, and the biggest thing coming out of this game is that Zach Wilson got benched in the game after having just 81 yards passing, a touchdown, and a pick. Tim Boyle, the veteran quarterback, came in to replace him. He finished the game, but I think the biggest thing now is that Zach Wilson's not going to be starting this upcoming Friday in the Black Friday game against the Dolphins. It's going to be Tim Boyle going up against Miami, and Zach Wilson's not even the backup quarterback for this uh, You game. beat me to it. He's the third-string quarterback. He's the third-string. Trevor, Trevor Simeon is the second-string. I know you want to dive into it, so go right ahead. Man, this is just great. Uh, all those people that bought uh, Zach Wilson RPAs for like $1,500 in the, new, in the tri-state area over the last couple of years, I feel your pain, but holy shit, this is rough. Man, uh, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, Jets are going to jet. Is what it is. Maybe next year, fire Robert Sal. I don't know what kind of blackmail he had, Zach Wilson had on Robert Sal, and that's why he was stoned so long. But maybe if you started any of these other quarterbacks four weeks ago, you'd be in the playoff hunt right now. But it seems like you're looking for it towards a draft pick at this point. Well, now I think the problem is this, is that we've seen the rumors about Aaron Rodgers. He wants to return, start practicing December 2nd, and then return for the Week 16 game. I believe that is Christmas Eve against the Commanders. Um, I mean... At that point, the Jets are probably going to be out of the playoff race. I mean, I don't know how they could even salvage it. If they somehow shot this the, the world to beat the Dolphins this week, it obviously salvages their season because right now they're four and six, two games out of a wild card spot, and they're running out of time at this rate. The quarterback change they're hoping maybe could spark something offensively, but I just don't see it happen with the way they've been playing all overall these last couple weeks. Hey, we get maybe make a dream and maybe they can make the playoffs, but. Uh, let's go into the next game now. Let's talk about the Broncos actually beating the Vikings on primetime football this past Sunday. How about those Four Broncos? Four straight for them. Four yeah. straight. And all it took retain was that Sean Payton should be fired and he was worse, worse than the fan. So uh, I guess I mushed him into being good. So you're welcome. To think about this game, too, because a couple weeks ago, we were looking at this game and saying, oh, you know what? Both teams are back. You know, yeah. Josh, it wasn't even Josh Dobbs at the time. It was. Um, Jaron Hall is the quarterback for the Vikings. Broncos are not playing good right now. It's it's a wash. It's going to be another terrible Sunday night game. And for the most part, it started off not great, but the, the action towards the end of the game was really good. Josh Dobbs, for the most part, did his work to try to keep the Vikings in this one and win the game. But a last-second touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton gives the Broncos a much-needed 21-20 win. Cortland Sutton now has scored in five straight games, so that has been a key success for this Broncos team. Their last for these four game win streak as well, and now they are five and five. And you look at the Bronco, the Broncos right now, they're only a half game, or I'm sorry, a game out of that final wild card spot. This is a much needed win. They needed to win, otherwise it would have been an uphill battle to try to get that last wild card spot. But now they sit here with a one game behind the Steelers for the last wild card spot, four game win streak, a chance to make it five in a row this coming weekend with the Cleveland Browns. And on the other side for the Vikings, the five-game win streak ends for them. They still hold a wild-card spot if the season ended today. So they still have something to look forward to. But I think just having the quarterback play of Josh Dobbs, keeping them in these games, could potentially get them into the postseason once again. I would love to see them make the postseason, especially with those struggles. Justin Jefferson being out, Kirk Cousins out for the season would be a great story that they overcame adversity after kind of you know, being really overrated last year. Right. To go from this team on a pedestal to the scrappy underdogs to make the playoffs would be a great story, and I'm hoping they do make it. I think um, it's going to come down to when Justin Jefferson comes back. It doesn't look like he's going to be back this upcoming Monday night against the Bears, but it looks like he'll be back the week after after their bye week. So 
To do all this, keep a playoff spot without Justin Jefferson is pretty impressive for this Minnesota Vikings team that I certainly have given crap about a lot. All right, and then we have a preview of the game going on in about 15 minutes before it kicks off. Eagles at Chiefs. Um, I've said my piece with this game before. I think both these teams are heavily overrated, but Nick, you want to break it down a little bit? Uh, yeah, we have the Eagles and the Chiefs, a rematch of the Super Bowl from last season. It'll be going down in a couple minutes. The picks that we, we made the picks for this game last week on the show, and I'll give a, a quick reminder of what we did. The uh, Eagles are were a plus three underdog. Chiefs are a minus three favorite. I took the Chiefs minus three. Johnson took the Eagles plus three. So for next week's show, we will recap this game before we go in to the week 12 recap. And then we will determine what our records are going into next week. So far before this game, I'm two and three on the week. Not a great week for me. Johnson, you had a pretty good week though. Four and one. And depending on what happens in the final game, we'll have to see what happens. But we're going to have a really good Monday night football game tonight here between the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. So it should be an interesting one to watch. But yeah, it's time for the mushing hour. Yep, it's time for the Week 12 version of the mushing hour. And to start it off, we have a bunch of games on Thanksgiving. Yes, we do. The most loaded slate we've had. We have 11 games, Johnson, we are covering this week. I'm pretty, we're, pretty, we're pretty much just picking the entire all the games going on this week. Pretty much. And we're going to do it rapid fire so you guys can kind of get your picks and get out of here. But let's start with yeah. our, our first Thanksgiving game. We have the Packers at the Lions. Uh, this game always happens, and it's, it looks like it's going to be good for the Lions this uh, this, this time around. Lions at home, minus 7.5 point favorites, over under slate at 47.5. Give me Lions, Lions minus 7.5. I know Jordan Love looked good, but the Lions just had that incredible comeback win versus the Bears, being down two scores with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter yeah. and coming back and winning by five points. Absolutely incredible. So give me Lions minus 7.5. They're going to ride that wave and continue it and have a pleasant turkey day. I think um, it comes down to the Packers. The reason why they had that big game was the Chargers defense once again played like crap. And Jordan Love took advantage of it, and the Packers were able to hold on and get the win. And you mentioned the Lions came back from down 12 with four minutes left, and they won the game somehow by five. They scored 19 points in that span somehow. Um, And it ended with an Aiden Hutchinson strip sack that turned into a safety. Right. So I think at the end of the day, it comes down to who's playing better football. We saw what happened the first time these two teams played. The Lions absolutely dismantled the Packers. Mm -hmm. I think the Lions win this one pretty convincingly as well. I think they'll win my my seven and a half. So we have our first mush, and most likely will not be our last one this week. Well, sorry, Lions fans. Maybe next year. That's what you hear every year. Anyway, let's talk about the Washington Commanders, led by Commander Tutty, uh, going into Dallas in the Jerry World, taking on the Cowboys. Minus ten and a half point favorites at home. Forty eight and a half is the slated over under. Uh, after that horrific Giants game, uh, Dallas is going to absolutely destroy them. It might be like 49 to 10, and I'm not really exaggerating. So give me Dallas minus 10 and a half here. That's where our second mush happens because I also have Dallas winning by multiple touchdowns. Um, yeah, the Commanders just lost to the Giants. Um, I There's nothing more I could, I could say after that. You can't have that happen before you go on a short week to go into Dallas. Dallas wins this one, wins this one pretty convincingly, in my opinion. All right, events. So then we have our next game. We have the 49ers at the Seahawks. San Francisco, even though they're on the road, is a six and a half point favorites over under at a 43 and a half. Give me San Fran minus six and a half here. Uh, complete dominance on the line. That's what you're going to see. You can see Nick Bosa and, uh, Chase, and Young. Uh, Chase Young. Thank you very much. Destroy this uh, opposing offensive line. San Francisco looks up San Francisco. Se- Seattle does not look good. They look like very, they look very fake. They are a very fake seven win team to me. And give me San Francisco. This is for the division right here too. This is a big game. So give me, right. come out firing. give me six and a half. Give me the points for San Francisco. Yeah. Seattle now six and four on the year with that loss to the Rams. The Niners are seven and three. So it's a one game difference in the division. Um, I think it comes down to the quarterback play. And I think right now there's a possibility that Geno Smith might not play this game. I think even if he does play the game, I don't think it matters. I think San Francisco is hitting on all cylinders right now. I also have the minus six and a half. So we have three straight motions, Johnson. It's not a good start. Well, it happens. It all right. Happen. Maybe it's, it's, probably gonna be, it's probably going to be four in a second. All right. We have the Dolphins going into MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. 
Miami Black Friday game. Black Friday game. Uh, Miami nine and a half point favorite. Even though we're on the road, forty and a half is the slate over under. The Jets suck. Give me Dolphins minus nine and a half. Not even close. And is it a fourth in a row? Well, I'll say this. Last week I said you always have to take the under when it comes to Jets games. Um, and it almost didn't work. The Bills just almost themselves almost scored the forty and a half, but they did not. Thankfully. Uh, I'm not willing to do that this week with the Dolphins. I think the problem is I see Tim Boyle at quarterback. I don't trust the Jets at all to keep this one close. I also have Miami minus nine and a half. I think this one, they they win this one also pretty convincingly. Even all though right, so they fade all with our the picks so far. Yeah, definitely fade every fade single them. one of them. All right, we have the biggest game of the year: Tank Bowl happening on Met at MetLife Stadium this Sunday. Is- I can't wait. We have my New England Patriots on the road going into beautiful New Jersey to take on Knicks, New York Giants. New England on the road, minus three and a half point favorites. 33 and a half is the slated over under. So we might we might see two touchdowns this game and four <laughs> field goals. Let's go. I have Giants plus three. We I'm going with big oh, blue wrecking why. crew. They're gonna why. win this game. It's gonna be 31 nothing. The under still gonna isn't gonna hit. Bailey Zappi's gonna throw eight picks and the middle and Malik Cunningham's gonna come in and he's gonna run the end zone a couple times. Are you Give saying me, that Mac Jones is not starting? Uh, he's going to have an injury, something injury-related, maybe a migraine. He's not going to start this game. Now, let's point out why this game is on here. Obviously, it's our two favorite teams, so we want to put it on here. It's a, it, This game's going to suck. It's going to be a horrific game. You have a two-win Patriot team, a three-win Giants team. The Giants, I, I, to my surprise, did win yesterday, being the Commanders, and they, scored, they put, th- put up 31 points, which I didn't think was possible, but they did. Um, because you did the Giants, because I know exactly why you took the Giants. You want the Giants' draft position to be even worse and help your team's draft position and try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. So for that, Johnson, we will have our first non-mush of the day. I'm going Patriots minus three. Does this count as a mush? I, for one of us, it will count as a mush. Either so, either way, someone's going to be very annoyed at this uh, uh, next Monday. Yeah, even if we both win, we're both going to be ignored, annoyed. Exactly. Thank God I took off and work. <laughs> All right, we have the next game. We have the uh, maybe for the AFC AFC this South. Is right now for the, this is right now one game split between these two teams. Both teams would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. But this could be for the South right here. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to the Houston Texans. Jags on the road minus one point favorites. Forty eight and a half is the slated over under. Give me Jags minus one here. CJ Stroud was a turnover machine the other day. I think teams are trying to figure out his uh, his mechanics and some of his issues. So give me Jags minus one here. This is going to be a good one. And this is kind of revenge for the Jaguars. Because remember what happened earlier in the season. The Texans beat up the Jaguars on the road in a convincing fashion in week number three. I don't see the Texans sweeping the season series, though. I'm not going to take Jaguars minus one. I'm just going to take the Jaguars straight up money line. I think they played a really good game against the Titans in a game they needed the most. And for the Texans... I love what they're doing. I think it's been a magical ride for them so far. But you spoke about it. CJ Sharp probably had his worst game so far just because of how many turnovers. And he still had a pretty good game overall. But three interceptions in that one. Now has five on, on the season. Only had two going into the game. I think the Jaguars will give him a little bit of problems. So I'm going to take Jaguars in this one. All righty, Van. Let's, like, let's go. We got another mush here, kind of. Maybe. Oh, yeah, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is really rough for us this week. We're about to go 0-11. Yep. Okay. Calls the inverse Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, they're on the road going uh, into Cincinnati, and which will be a battle of two great quarterbacks. Pittsburgh, uh, even though they're on the road, is a one-point favorite over on this lead at 34.5, a whopping one more point than the Patriots-Giants game. AFC North gritty divisional matchup. Give me Steelers minus one here. Uh, unless Joe Mixon is really good, um, T. Higgins is still struggling with his health on and off the uh, and when he's on the field, he's struggling there too. Uh, this team can't be saved, and I think they're going to be looking for a draft pick now. Maybe get an offensive lineman around maybe ten or eleven, wherever they end up picking. So give me Steelers minus one. Yeah, I I want to pick the Bengals because I mean the Steelers did just lose to Dorian Thompson Robinson, so you would think maybe the Bengals have a chance in this one. Um, it's just not ideal for Cincinnati right now. I don't know how he fares in this game. I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna take the under. 
I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The two offenses, kind of a, I, yeah. a fourteen to ten kind of day. I think it's going to be like a kind of like a seventeen fourteen final. I think it would it just. I, I don't see that. I don't see much points being scored in this one. All righty, then we have the next game. We have another great offensive matchup between two really great teams. Snooze fest. Well, there the are Cleveland the Browns fun. led by Dorian Thompson Robinson going on the road in the. Denver to take on the Broncos. Broncos at home, minus two and a half point favorites over under slate at 30, uh, 35 and a half. Give me Browns minus two and a half because the Broncos sure as hell ain't winning five games in a row. Uh, see, I don't know. I Denver is playing some good football right now. The They're problem, not winning five in a row. I will, problem bet is, I will bet money on that. The problem is right now the Browns have – in my opinion, the best defense right now playing in football. I think their defense is playing really good, and that's even including San Francisco. I think the Browns are just playing that good overall when it comes to their defense. It's winning them a lot of games this year. But I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to take Broncos minus two and a half, and that's despite the fact that they burned me this past Sunday night. I think Denver wins this game again, and I think they win their fifth straight. All right, so we don't have a mush here. That's good for us. Okay, okay, okay. The next game we have on here, we have three more games left. We have Bills at Eagles. Philadelphia on the is at home. Bills on the road. Philadelphia minus three and a half point favorites over under slate at forty seven and a half. The Bills are frauds. I can't believe they're getting three and a half points here. Eagles are gonna snap. Are gonna snuff them out. It's gonna be Eagles all day long. Uh, fly Eagles, fly. Give me Eagles minus three and a half. And for biased reasons, I'm taking Bills plus three and a half because I don't want to take the Eagles. That is fair. I, I I respect it. Okay, the next game we have the Baltimore Ravens on the road going into Los Angeles, playing a home game against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers because they have no fans. Yeah. Baltimore minus four point favorites, 46 and a half is the slated over under. Why hasn't Brandon Staley been fired yet? With that being said, Justin Herbert will throw multiple touchdowns to the end zone that will be dropped by their stone hands receivers or tight ends or whoever he throws into. It could be uh, could be uh, the ball boy. He will drop touchdown in passes in the end zone. With that being said, the Chargers will lose on a heartbreaker. May drop the four and seven, but cover. So give me Chargers plus four, and Brandon Staley will still be employed. I I I don't hate it because I could just see Justin Tucker kicking a field goal to end the game, and that's it. Yep, that's exactly how I see it happening too. I, I hate it because I want to take Ravens minus four, but I could see the Chargers covering because of that last second field Just because goal. of Justin Herbert's pure talent, he will drag this team oh, to within a field God. goal. You know what? Then I'm going to take the over then for the game because I could see this going over just because of, these are two good offenses at the end of the day, and you're, fa- you're facing a Chargers defense that sucks. The Ravens defense is very hit or miss. They're still, in my opinion, decent enough to hold on to, to win the game, but... I think because you you kind of convinced me now with Tucker hitting a last second field goal and the Chargers covering, so I don't want to trust the Chargers again. So I'm just gonna take the over to play it safe. All righty, then. In the final game, we have oh what a rush! We have the Chicago Bears. Why do you say on that? the road? No reason. Okay. Uh, going into yeah, Minnesota sure. to take on the Vikings. Bears on the road. Uh, minus three and a half point favorites for the Minnesota Vikings. Forty five and a half is the slated over under. I'm going to take Bears plus three and a half here. Give me the points here. Justin Fields is back. Josh Dobbs versus Justin Fields being a premier matchup. Uh, wow. That would kind of be, you'd be jailed a couple years ago. If Never you said thought that. I, hear, I heard someone say that. Two years ago, you would have been jailed or thrown in an insane asylum, but here we are. But give me Bears plus three and a half. They're, both these teams are playing great football, and it's going to be a close one, but I don't trust Minnesota to cover. Not yet, at least. Yeah, the Bears played pretty good for most of that part against the Lions up until the last four minutes of the game. And uh, that's one of those games where you look at your team and you're saying, you, as a fan, you're looking like, oh, we really are trying to tank the season because we should have won this game. Uh, the Vikings, I think, they want to get some revenge. They want to get some nice momentum going to their bye week. And I think they do. I'm going to take Minnesota minus three and a half in this one. And that's going to so, do it for this week's Mushing Hour. So any final thoughts you have, Johnson, before we wrap this one up? Uh, Well, I'll see you at the uh, Tank Bowl on oh. this upcoming Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to get tickets for $15. It's going to be the worst game of football i probably ever seen. And I watched the Jets and Giants game where there was 24 punts. That was a great game. There's possibility. The comfort- the- yeah, go ahead. I watched that from the comfort of my home, and I was entertained. Uh, I, someone could even say sports entertained. 
from the very end to the uh, from the very beginning to the very end. So let's yeah, do it. We'll see. But keep in mind, next week's show most likely we'll be back to our regular scheduled program, which will do one episode for college football and one for the NFL. College football next week will be recapping week thirteen and also diving into conference championship week and going over the games going into that week. And then for the NFL, we will talk about tonight's Monday Night Football matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs, as well as recapping Week 12 in the National Football League. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. A lot to uncover for both college football and the NFL. We now head into the respective weeks. Week 13 for the NCAA, Week 12 for the NFL, and a bunch of games upcoming on the week. Three games on, on Thursday for the NFL. One on Friday also for the NFL. And then all the slated action, not only on Friday, but on Saturday for the NCAA. So, we hope you all enjoy your Thanksgiving week. And we will see you next weekend here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week.